Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, Puviet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have a terrific episode for you today with a wonderful guest, high school football coach and trainer, Derek Nzubiga joins the show. It's been an unforgettable year for Derek Nzubiga. Coach Sue is a defensive coordinator at Chaparral High School in Scottsdale, Arizona, the current Arizona 6A state football champs. On top of his unmatched success on the football field, Derek had a key moment off the field as he finally was granted U.S. citizenship, capping off a long and arduous journey that began over 20 years ago when he moved from Uganda. Coach Zhu actually played his high school ball at Chaparral and returned to his alma mater after playing collegiately at Lindenwood University. On today's episode, Derek chats about what it was like playing a football season with all the additional rules and restrictions he had to face because of COVID and quarantine. Derek also discusses how he cultivates trust and builds the relationships that he has with his players. And finally, Derek reflects back on his journey towards citizenship and the hurdles that he surpassed along the way. I was so great catching up with Coach. I've known him for years and it's exciting to see his recent success on and off the field. I've never met anyone more passionate about football than Coach Zhu, and his love for the sport carries over as a coach, and he truly wants his, his players to succeed, and he's their number one fan and supporter. It's been thrilling to watch Derek evolve from a successful player now to a state championship coach. Excited for you guys to meet him, so let's go ahead and bring on defensive coordinator for the 6A state championship Chaparral Firebirds and one of the newest American citizens, Derek Nzubiga, and let's learn. What's up, man? Coach Green. It's been a while. What's happening? Good seeing you, man. Good to see you too. First, just stoked to see you and chat with you, but also just stoked to have you as a guest as well. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be on. Coach, uh, first of all, tell me about last year. I know it was a very important year for you, but it was also a very turbulent year. What are your first thoughts when you think back to last season? Oh, uh, yeah, it was crazy. The whole, you know, first of all, you know, personally, I never, didn't think we we're going to have a season. Um, all through, you know, the spring, we weren't allowed to do anything with the team. Uh, in the summer, we could start doing stuff, but everyone had to, like, we couldn't even do, like, really real football stuff. Like, everyone had to be spaced out. So we're doing, like, conditioning, but, you know, everyone was separated, like, running down, you know, sideline to sideline. Um, and then they kept pushing back the start of when they said they were going to let us practice. Um, we couldn't be in the weight room. Uh we can only be outside and they kept pushing back. Hey, we're going to let you start practice on this day. Then they have a meeting and move it back. And they're like, okay, you're going to start this way and have a meeting and moved it back. So my mind, honestly, I didn't really, you know, I was like, we're not going to play, you know, we're not even going to have a season. They're just going to keep pushing it back and they're going to cancel it. Uh, but then they finally let us start practicing. And I was like, Oh, it's crazy. You know, I felt even a little bit behind because in my mind, you know, subconsciously, I was like, we're not going to have a season. Yeah. And, but then we started practicing. So I was like, Oh my gosh, we got to catch up on all this work um make sure we're ready for the start of the season uh we're preparing for saguaro obviously a huge rivalry game uh and then the wednesday um before the game found out you know we had a player test positive for covid shut us down for two weeks and then i realized i was like man if one kid you know test positive for covid we're shut down for two weeks we might never ever play a game yeah. you know because we could come back and then maybe somebody else gets it and you know it keeps going and then you have to play at least five games uh, to be eligible for the playoffs. We had already lost three games. Um, so 
Now they're not going to be able to make the playoffs if we get one more game canceled. Won the first game, got blown out the second game. Won the third game, got blown out the fourth game, and then we're playing Pinnacle, and we have to win to even have a chance to make it to the playoffs, and we did. Um, and it was crazy. Our team just kept, kept getting better, made a run from there, um, started balling. Um, defense started playing really well. Offense was, you know, doing their thing. Uh, we made it. We got hot at the right time and, and uh, went on a run and, and won the state championship. It was crazy. Unbelievable. Now, you've been a part of many successful teams. How emotionally did this compare, especially with all just the other emotions you had during the year? Oh, I, I can't compare it to winning it as a player because I never did. Uh, went my senior year and lost, you know, lost the state championship my senior year. Um, but it was, I mean, it is, you know, crazy because I, I honestly put in more time now as a coach than I did as a, as a player. Yeah. Um, as a player, I'd go to practice, go to weights, you know, whatever, watch film with the team. But then outside of that, I just live my normal life as a coach, constantly watching film and, and doing stuff. Uh, so I am more invested now, and it was an unbelievable feeling to, to win it. It was crazy um, to see all the kids, how happy they were. Uh, it was unbelievable. Well, I got to go back to the state championship game because I know you were a very emotional player and you're also a very emotional coach. How did you control your emotions on that day? Because I know you don't want to get too hyped. So how did you control your emotions today, and how did you feel when you woke up that morning? Uh, first of all, I didn't sleep <laughs> for more than an hour or hour, two hours the night before. Love it. Um probably kind of nervous but I was re-watching uh every single game I mean we had so many um games from them and I was re-watching everything did I miss anything you know did I miss the formation did I miss you know a trick play so I watched obviously more film that week than I ever had in my life um so that night I just you know we already had the game plan in and everything but I just was like I just have to make sure so I went back and I rewatched like every single snap that we had of them um, and then, you know, didn't sleep well. And then on during games, I'm hyped, but I never, I try never to yell at a kid, uh, on game day, unless it's like lack of effort or they're making it like a really bad mental mistake. I yell at them in practice all the time. I'm hard on them in practice, but on game day, I tell them I'm your biggest supporter. Um, I stress them in practice. I try to be harder than them in practice and, and put pressure on them in practice. When we get to the games, yeah, I'm hyped up, I'm energetic, but it's all, you know, it's all positive. Uh, Highland actually scored a touchdown on their first drive. They went down and scored a touchdown, you know, on the first possession and went over. And I just said, guys, we're okay. They had to convert two third and longs. They converted, a, barely converted a fourth down. Um, they they already used a trick play. They, you know, they're, they're doing a lot of these formations. I was like, they're not going to be able to do that the whole game. I was like, you guys took everything they had and they still took them, you know, 10, 12 plays to score. Uh, so I just told them we're fine. This is our game. Um, and they responded, you know, the kids responded well. You mentioned going back and looking at film and I'm curious uh, who the people in your life, other coaches, maybe former players, other people that you lean on when you have questions, when you're watching that film for the seventh time and you're maybe second guessing, should we do this? Should we do this? Who are the people you turn to? Um, first is our, our, uh, defensive staff. Um, you know, we have all, awesome, you know, assistant defensive coaches, uh, I asked Coach Barnes, too. Uh, obviously, he's been around um, and been a head coach and an offensive guy for a while. So, you know, I, I lean on him. Um, outside of that last year, about, you know, that was mainly it. I didn't have people um, that I could call outside of our program because everyone's, you know, they're they're preparing for their games and doing those things. Uh, this year, this offseason was actually awesome. I did get to spend a lot of time talking to a lot of college coaches for some big programs. They're recruiting Anthony, so I had access to 
you know, so, you know, I, I got to zoom with some defensive coordinators um, and they spent time showing me, Hey, this is what we do. These are blitzes that we run. So that was pretty cool. One thing that kids look to coaches for is stability, especially with the consistency of practice times and everything. Kids need that stability in their lives. And I think coaches do a great job of having that there. But last year there was a lot of instability. If a player came to you for a question, you might not know the answer. Hey coach, are we playing this week? And you don't have the answer. So what did you do? when you didn't know, when you didn't have the answers and you couldn't be that rock, that foundation for the players? Uh, yeah, I know it's the, the, the coach's cliche, but just focus on what you can control. Um, you know, when we're at practice, just focus on being at practice and do the best you can in that moment. Uh, when you're at school, just, you know, or, or there are actually all our kids were all online school. None of them actually went to the class so they didn't get quarantined in case somebody in their class got COVID. So yeah, all of our football players, uh, we're in online school. None of them took in-person classes during the season. Um, but we just told them, just focus on that. You know, when you're at school, focus on school. When you're here, focus on, on that and work as hard as you can. And you would rather be prepared uh, for a game and not play it than to be unprepared and end up having to play it. So we just told them, just always prepare like you're going to have a game and, and uh, enjoy, the, enjoy those moments. What were some of the adaptations you made because of the rules and restrictions of COVID? Uh, we normally practice all together, JV and varsity, um, and have 150 kids at practice. Uh, but last year we had to separate it so that if there was a case, you know, if, if a varsity player got COVID, then the JV wouldn't get shut down and vice versa. If a JV player got COVID, then the varsity wouldn't get shut down. So we had to sep you know, we separated and practice in smaller groups and we try to practice in pods, meaning the first group would only go up against the first group. And then the second group would only go up against the second group. So, again, um, you know, if a first group player, get, you know, tested positive or a second player tested positive, maybe it wouldn't shut everything down if we could, you know, control who were there around. So that was the hardest thing is, I mean, and even to, like, you know, what side, you know, their waters are on, like even when they're not practicing, making sure that, hey, you guys, your water, you guys have to set your water over there. When your water break, you go over there. So, like, that organization, you know, was, was crazy. Um, obviously wearing masks. Um, and yeah, for the, I mean, the kids, the hardest thing for them is like, they weren't allowed to, you know, or not weren't allowed, but they all chose not to, um, do in-person school. So they all took online classes all football season. So they made a great sacrifice doing that. Were there any adaptations that you actually preferred that you're like, man, we're going to keep this going even after <laughs> quarantine and lockdown? Uh, not that we kept, but we did switch to night practices uh, because um, we normally practice in the mornings because they have first hour football. Uh, so we practice start uh, practice at six in the mornings normally, but because they weren't actually in person school, we practice in the evenings, which I preferred. You know, I'm not a I'm not a morning guy myself. I prefer the evening practices, but we went back to mornings this year. So that's one thing that I did like last year having the night practices. How has coaching changed? since you first began and what are the ways that you found yourself that you've changed as well? Uh, the biggest way I've changed is the amount of time I, I spend preparing, uh, watching film and uh, organizing the, the things for the kids. Uh, I think my first year I spent a lot of time watching film and I would know what to call and I would like know what they're going to run. Um, but I didn't do as good of a job that the kids knew that like the kid, like I would just make the call and the kids would just try to execute the call the best they could. But now, you know, I spend all the time watching the film and then I give them, you know, notes on Monday 
hey, these are the top formations. You know, these are things to look out for when they're in, in these certain formations. Um, and I try to really let the kids uh, understand why so that they can see that on the field. Um, and even I do, even during games, I let them make calls. You know, sometimes they'll, you know, they'll, you know, I'll say no something on the sideline, but they, the kid, they come out and they, although the team comes out and they want to call a blitz and they, as long as they communicate and execute it, you know, I give them the freedom to do that. So I think that's the biggest thing is just you have to be organized um, and trying to make sure that the kids understand what you're doing and not just, not just you. Did you always have the importance of organization or is that just something that's kind of strengthened year after year? Uh, no, I think outside of, outside of coaching, I'm not, honestly, I'm not a very organized person, but I realized that if I wanted to be good at this, yeah. something I just have to do. So, um, I do it, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I do all the data input on data. I make formations, you know, uh, or eight panels with all the formations the other teams run. I have the practice script. So I do all that stuff for football and it's, you know, it's made me more disciplined, organized, but no, that's definitely not my, my strength. I'm more of a go-with-the-flow kind yeah. of guy. Well, you played college football, and I'm curious, what do you know now that you wish you had known when you started? And it doesn't have to be necessarily a specific X and O thing. And we already talked about organizations. Other than that, what are some things you've learned through coaching that you wish you had known as a player? Just to, all, I think, always be ready uh, for my moment. You know, when I was a college football player, I think there was times where I'd work hard and times that I didn't, um, or times where I skipped stuff and I, you know, and – or whatever the coach doesn't know what he's talking about. I don't need to do this. Or the strength coach doesn't even know what he's talking about. You know, I don't need to do all this and that. Um, but I wish I would have just trusted the people, uh, the coaches and the strength staff and people around me and just bought in every single day to what they're, what they're trying to tell me. Uh, so I guess just not thinking that I know everything and trusting people around me. Yeah, well, I'm glad you mentioned trust because that actually leads to my next question. How do you develop trust? Because it's a two-way street. You want a player to trust you, and you have to trust them as well. So how do you develop that along the way? Um, that's a part of our, you know, my uh, – that's a part of my um, PowerPoint. You know, we have a defensive chaperone, defensive PowerPoint. Um, and the first thing is, is just I think you develop trust by clearly defining expectations mm -hmm. and being consistent. Uh, so I told them I'm always going to be on time. I'm not going to miss, you know, without communicating. Uh, I'm going to put in the work. I'm going to watch the film. I'm going to do these things. And I'm going to tell you the truth. Um, uh, I always tell our players before the game, you know, who can expect to play and how much. Um, did that yesterday. I said, guys, you know, it's, you know, I, it, the unfortunate part of football and sports is, you know, players that work really hard and do all the things right, but maybe aren't as talented, don't, you know, they don't get to play in, in the game. Uh, and that's that's probably the worst part about coaching is when you have kids that do everything right and they do and you do everything they do everything that that uh, you ask them to and they still and they're still just you know they're maybe not talented enough to play. Um, so I you know I say that's you always have the right to come and ask me, coach, am I going to play, coach? Where am I on the depth chart? And I clearly define that for them too. So our game tomorrow, you know, we had a meeting yesterday. I said these are the players that are going to start and play. These are the players that might rotate in and anyone else, you know, that's not in, on here, you, you know, there's a, there's a, a good chance that you, you won't get in the game. Now stay ready. Injuries happen, you know, other things happen, but, uh, and the players respect that. I think if you always tell them the truth and you, and I'm honest with them and I always, you know, I always upfront with them. I don't want a player. I never want to go to a game and a player didn't play and he comes up to me after the game, you know, it says, coach, my grandma drove all the way over here. I thought I was going to get in. Like you didn't, you know, I, you know, my parents are wondering why I didn't play. 
Uh, I never want that feeling. I never want to do that to somebody. So I just always, I always want to be honest with them about where they're at. And then earning my trust is just, again, their expectations, be on time, communicate when you're not going to be there. If you have a conflict, work hard and tell the truth too. So uh, that's how we build trust. And I think we do have great trust. I think the players trust me and, you know, I trust our players. Very cool. Very cool. I admire that. One of the reasons I want to talk to you, obviously, with your successful football season, I get to call you state champ coach. This is, it's such yeah. a great, great sentence there. But yeah. the other reason was also your recent journey to citizenship, American citizenship. This was, this was really cool. So tell me about that journey. How long did the process take? And what were some of the challenges along the way? Man, it was a crazy uh, <laughs> journey. I mean, I moved here in 1993. So 28 years of, of, of journeys. Um, and, you know, there was a time, you know, I went, when I was younger and I went to immigration court and they, you know, were, were applying for something and they denied it. Um, and, you know, I thought when I was younger, I was going to I was going to be put in removal proceedings. I mean, I was going to have to leave the United States. Um, and that was hard growing up. Um, but, you know, you know, appealed it, fought it over time. Um, but it's, it's crazy. Like every couple of years you have a court date and the system. It takes so long because obviously so many people want to become citizens and there's so many people trying to do the same thing you do. And there's only so many slots. There's only so many assigned slots to do that. Um, so, I mean, every year, every other year, I'd have to go check in. They fingerprint me, make sure I hadn't committed any crimes, you know, make sure I wasn't, you know, um, wanted or have any warrants. Um, so that was uh, um, a battle. And uh, I actually didn't know I was getting my citizenship that day. I knew that I had an interview and the kind of the, the American history uh, test, which is hard. And a lot of people would, yeah, yeah. you know, if you don't study for it, it'll, it'll sneak up on you. Uh, I mean, there's a lot about which amendment does what, you know, <laughs> when did women get the right to vote? When did men get the right, you know, when did all men get the right to vote? Um, so there's like some hard questions, not that you actually have to study. So I went in and I, I, uh, I did that and I passed that. And then they interviewed me. Um, and after the interview, she's like, okay, you passed the interview. You're getting sworn in as a U.S. citizen. Right. And I was like, right now? And she's like, yep. <laughs> and I had no, I had no idea um, that it was going to happen that day. Cause again, it's been 28 years and I thought this was just another, you know, court day. I thought this was just another, another day in that process. Um, and there's other people there uh, and they were all, you know, uh, in the same boat, they had been there, you know, some people 30, 40 years, they've been in the United States trying to become a citizen, but you know, it's, it's a long, long, expensive process. And then I got sworn in and man, I just, yeah, I mean, I couldn't um, believe it. And I, I thought my mom, you know, passed away a few years ago and she want, you know, she fought so hard for us to become citizens. And that made me very emotional just thinking about her mm -hmm. um, and how she fought so hard, you know, for us to be here. And now we're here. Um, and now, you know, we're United States citizens. And it was just a crazy, like, that was a, a journey, a long journey that so many people, have, you know, have fought for us, had helped us with, you know, lawyers, have read a slightest recommendation. It was, you know, it was, it's unbelievable. Tremendous story. Tremendous story. I was so thrilled when I saw that. Unforgettable year for you, right? State champion, citizenship, pandemic lockdown. What do you feel with all of that? is the biggest life lesson you've learned from the last 18 months? Uh, just keep going. Um, just keep going. You know, just keep moving forward. Uh, there was many times that I thought we weren't 
going to become citizens. Uh, I didn't think we were going to have a football season. Um, you know, there's so many times I think, oh, this is not going to happen or there's no point to work. There's no point to do this right now because it's not going to happen. But uh, you never know. Uh, just keep going. And, you know, that's kind of what I told the kids yesterday when I was telling them about, you know, who's expected to play and who's not. You know, you never know what can happen during the course of the game. You might be needed to play in the game. So always, you know, always prepare like you're going to you're going to be called on and, and it's going to be a big moment and you don't want to get in the game and say, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, and same thing for life. Just keep moving. Um, no matter what it is, just the best you can, just keep moving forward. You know, I, I still got to go back to state championship because before the game, you were D coordinator. And after the game, you were state champion D coordinator. Yeah, yeah. Has, has it really sunk into you yet? Uh, it did. Now, it does now that we're starting the new season and we're defending champs. Um, at first, it didn't. You know, after the game, I really wasn't even that, like, fired up or excited because I was just literally exhausted because yeah, yeah. I didn't sleep the night before. It was hot. It was stressful during the game. And, like, we won the game and the team was celebrating on the field and I went into the locker room by myself and laid on the couch <laughs> for, like, 20 minutes until people started coming back in. I even I missed the coach's picture. The coaches would come back like, hey, we took a coach's picture. Where were you? I was like, I am literally <laughs> exhausted. Um, and that night, you know, slept. Um, and then for a while it didn't sit in, but then I was like, man, we're like literally the state champions. Yeah. Like we did it, yeah. you know, we did it. Um, all that work that we put in, we did it. Um, and then even after that kind of, you know, I won the, the Arizona varsity.com, uh, defensive coach of the year, uh, for six a, um, and then even that I was like, well, yeah, we, you know, I was, I won that award because we, you know, our team won the state championship and our, our team performed well and our defense performed well. So that was kind of even more like validation of how our team success brings, you know, individual success as well. So now it's sucked in, but now it's like, now it's over. Now tomorrow, yeah, over. I mean, we play Queen Creek and that was the first team we put in the playoffs. So I know they're going to, you know, I know they're going to be fired up for the game and they want, you know, and they want to win and they, and they're going to be fired up too. So now it doesn't matter anymore. It's about the next year. So now, you know, that year's over. It's about the next one. That's spoken like a true coach. It's in the past time to move on to the next season. Was there anything that you celebrated with specifically? Like, you know, I can't wait to eat this. What was the celebration like when you, when you finally got your rest, by the way? <laughs> um, no, uh, um, uh, I think that one of the coolest things was watching the film with the seniors. Okay. Because normally when we watch film, I'm yelling at them, you know, you did this wrong, yeah, whatever, yeah. this has to get better. But that was kind of one where we just got to watch it and just enjoy it because the season was over. And, you know, obviously the seniors, you know, there's no need for me to correct them on, on what they did in, in our defense anymore. If they're going, they're either done playing football or they're going to play for some other coach. So yeah. we just got to enjoy it, you know, and that was awesome um, to enjoy it with the families. Uh, we, you know, we all went over to one of the, the – family's houses um and to you because know, our you know our all parents but especially our parents at chaparral they invest so much time they invest their money back in the program um they're fully invested into it and to see you know to be able to share that with them was amazing uh food wise you know nothing crazy uh specific um yeah it was just uh, just being around those people well, the season starts tomorrow with Queen Creek. How can people follow along? How can they watch the, the journey of Chaparral this season? 
Uh, all of our games uh, during the regular season are on YouTube. Uh, Firebird Football on YouTube. You just type in Firebird Football. That, that, uh, their page will pop up on YouTube. And they live stream all the games. Um, and that's really awesome. They do a good job. There's commentators. Um, so if you want to watch Chaparral Football, you can do that. Or um, go to chaparralfootball.com and find our schedule and, and our home games. I'm on Instagram, uh, D1 underscore zoo. Um, and D1 underscore training underscore Scottsdale. Thank you, man. That was awesome. Yeah. Well, come catch a game this year, man. I, yeah, I'll so, get out there. I'll get out there. I'll let you know. I'll hit you up before. I'll, I'll, I'll swing by one of them. Sounds good, man. I still, awesome I still got you. my chaparral stuff right here. So chaparral is yeah, always, always down, part baby. of me. So. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, Coach Zhu from Shapdown, thanks, man. This was awesome catching up with you. Best of luck this season, man. All right. Thank you so much. All right. See you, Zhu. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to my man, Derek. You can follow Coach Zoo at D1 underscore Zoo and D1 underscore training underscore Scottsdale. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from any given runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Adiento. Randall has become like, you know, New York's favorite son.